going on, Russell Wayne and the Main Event 365 Network? This is Jason Cabinda from the Detroit Lions. Here to give y'all a shout out, man. We appreciate all the support, man. Know you guys are big fans. Know that you guys are rooting for us to take the North this year, and we're going to do just that, man. Appreciate you guys so much. Just want to give y'all a shout out. Y'all have a great day. to the Main Event 365 podcast. It's our reboot for the 2023 season. Our main event, Mike, along with the producer, the maestro, Russell Wayne. We are here to talk about NFL football, specifically Detroit Lions football. We're How are you, Mike? I'm doing great. I'm ready to bite some kneecaps off. <laughs> Nobody's grinding harder than the main event crew. I can tell you that. And that's a testament to you, my friend. Thank you for all you do. Uh, morning football talk with Russell Wayne, NFC North talk every morning, every weekday morning at 11 a.m. Broadcasting live into Facebook. Be sure to check that out. And I'm hosting the NFC North open mic night on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern time as well. Please go like our YouTube and follow our page, the Detroit Lions Villain Squad. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event. So, Russ, first thing I wanted to talk about was some quick news. Davion Smith, the longtime uh, safety the last few years there, he's worked hard and hung around the team on the practice squad, uh, was playing good in training camp, got injured, and the Lions have officially waived Savion Smith. Uh, what kind of impact does this have on the Lions? It's more of a sad thing because he did get injured at the end of last year, and, you know, he worked really, really hard to get back, and it looked like – he, he might have been an impact player on the back end of the depth chart. Looked like he could be something. I, I don't think it's going to have a huge effect other than probably maybe some undrafted rookies might be able to get some opportunities. Some people that were at the bottom of the depth chart might actually get some opportunities now. Right, and it might affect the uh, special teams as well. Savion Smith's place on the special teams and mm -hmm. with the special teams coaches. He, uh, he knew his assignments by all accounts. He's a great teammate and a great guy to coach. Um, so, you know, he would thank you for your time, Savion. You were, you, you were, you will always be remembered here because you, you always tried so hard and we always appreciated that about you. Uh, best of luck as you move on in your journey from all of us here at the main event. Uh <laughs> well, he did get an injury settlement and, you know, it, it's good to know that, you know, he's still going to get paid for his work, even though it's probably not the ending that he wanted, but I'm glad he didn't have to go through any BS. Brad Holmes seems to be a pretty good guy to work for, doesn't he? He sure does. He sure like, does. You like that? I'll be honest with you, Russ. I, I wouldn't work for just anyone. Uh, I'm very selective about who I would work for. And I'll tell you, Brad Holmes seems like a guy I would work for. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that mentality. He seems like he's so cool. There's, it doesn't seem like there's people that are laughing around the corner pointing at him and, and you know, you know, behind his back or anything. It seems like the, the, there's a lot of legitimate respect throughout the NFL for what Brad Holmes has done here. Yeah. Uh, already the best GM of my lifetime. And I can say that unequivocally. I mean, I was spouting it off last year that this guy's the best we've ever seen, but it didn't really carry as much weight as it does now that, I mean, now it's like, okay to say that now I don't think there's even an argument. 
And after only what 12 wins, we're saying that, but just the, the moves that he's made, it, it's been amazing. And speaking of moves, uh, it brings us to our next topic. See how I did that. The Detroit Lions, along with every other NFL team, Russell, they need to get to 53 men from 90. Um, they have until Tuesday, the 29th, 4 p.m. And uh, we were talking about this, you and I, about some players that are on that bubble and who we m- might see make the, the team. And uh, what, what I mean, you had read a good article. What, what was that about? Yeah, well, I, I really do enjoy the pride of Detroit in, in in their work. And they put an article out that was talking about five Detroit Lions players to watch in the preseason finale versus the Panther. And that's directly related here to the 53-man roster because it doesn't look like uh, Dan Campbell plans on playing any of his starters or even some of his backup and, and some of the choice rookies when it when it comes to this so uh the first person they have on this list is craig reynolds and craig reynolds has been a guy that's kind of been missing in action for a lot of the uh for a lot of the training camp he was serving a little injury so we were getting to look at some younger running backs like muhammad ibrahim that was released with a injury settlement um but then craig reynolds had came back so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in this game because he's probably going to get a big load to secure that number three running back. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, it, this is one of those things where uh, you, you don't let your heart get in the way, right? Because we we obviously love Netflix. We love Craig Reynolds. Um, we know the coaching staff loves uh, Craig Reynolds. Uh, our show, our, us particularly, you know, we have a somewhat a relationship with his father. We interviewed him before and had him on our show several times. Um, and it's good family, good people, and just the kind of guy you want on your team is Craig Reynolds, right? He always plays right. hard. He always gives 100% all the time. And people in Detroit love him for that. And his coaches love him for that. However, they're trying to get to the best players. And it wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Benny Snell came in and pushed Craig Reynolds out. Uh, Benny, Benny Snell's been a named pro in this league. A much bigger name than Craig Reynolds. And if he puts that name to work on the field and shows out why he's got that name, and that is better than Craig Reynolds, then the Lions would be forced to, we'd have to lose, you know, probably a, a glue kind of player, especially right. from the coach's staff for, uh, point of view. So we're pulling for Craig, but we also want what's best for the team. And Benny Snell, though the numbers might not show it, he looked like a pro out there running. Well, when they look, uh, when, when Justin Jackson, now I would, uh, Justin Jackson abruptly retires, right? So that argument that you're putting in for Benny Snell, I think I I would have agreed with it a little bit more if it was Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson did play a role on his team last year. I think if Benny Snell ends up making this roster, it's going to be because they kept another running back and it would be Craig Reynolds and Benny Snell. I think it is Craig Reynolds' job to lose in that number three spot. But we'll have to see. when Benny Snell has more snaps on special teams. Uh, Dan Campbell has said it many times that special teams is the difference maker. Yeah. And you could be right on that, but they did say they had a, what, like a live game situation, the ones versus the ones, twos versus the twos. And they said, Craig Reynolds busted a big run off tackle for all the way for a touchdown. So, and and we've heard Dan Campbell say how much, you know, these practices mean more than the preseason games for what we want to look at. And uh, so I'm sure Craig helped his case with that. That is nice to know that we have a running back 
fight that's for the third spot. You know, we the first two spots are pretty well locked in with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. They know what they want there. And, and, and Craig Reynolds is a proven commodity. He has played well in actual games before. I think that they would like that. But we're going to see how they play. He's going to get a big dose this weekend, along with wide receiver Antoine Green. Now, uh, I think that we have some wide receivers that – are, are, are solidified on here. You know, you got your Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond. But then after that, I mean, there's a nice little uh, pocket of two, three wide receivers that may make the team. Antoine Green is one of those guys. Um, It says it says right here, a position that has been up for grab is the fifth wide receiver spot. The Lions will need somebody to step up there. And there hasn't been much separation in wide receiver Antoine Green, Dylan Drummond, Chase Coza, and Maurice Alexander. Mo, Mo Alexander, that's it. Yep. Uh, as are the finalists for the job right now. And, and you know what? I mean, Maurice busting out that long touchdown run he has to be into consideration because of the double special team but they were trying out both of the undrafted free agents in that spot and both of those guys seem to do well in that spot so how valuable is having a kick returner that can do two things when it seems like like everybody can do that on the team yeah i i, I mean sure and then there's other things to factor in too, like Antoine Green was a draft pick, albeit a high draft or a low draft pick. He was still a draft pick. That's draft capital you spent on him. You want that to work out. Um, so that gives you, you know, and like you said a minute ago, that's your job now to lose. You're expected to get that spot with that draft pick. You better be able to beat out these undrafted free agents or right. we got it wrong. Right. So um, they want to look like they're right. My, my thing is, I think they keep one of these guys and green i think what? green i think for that reason alone green is going to get it because the separation like you said in the article isn't that great and the fact that it's draft capital i think they keep green and they keep mo alexander and the other guys are gone right and and who knows i mean they may end up just saying hey we're only keeping five and there may not be another wide receiver because it, it depends they say it gets really really weird and hazy at the bottom of the depth chart because you're not just saying, Hey, I need a number three tackle. It's like, what is the, what is more valuable at that point? Right. So um, when they get to the bottom of that depth chart, it may be a choice between, you know, Chase Coda and Julian O'Quara, you know, where it's, you're looking for depth in another position. So who knows what that could be? I think that's going to be really interesting. That's one of my favorite, um, roster battles going into the final week of the preseason because who is going to get that because the other four guys are solid right you know when you're talking about Amon Ra and Marvin Jones Josh and they just re-signed Khalif Raymond so I'm not worried about it you know too much there as far as depth how much we're going to need to use this guy but right. all, all three of those guys are deserving to have a roster spot because they've all had good camps so it's a good problem to have so the question will probably be, Mike, and I'll throw this back at you, is which guy could they let go and have a chance to re-bring back on the practice squad? All three of them? Two out of three of them? Every know. single one of them except Green. 
because of the draft capital and what he flashed in college and his upside, he's six, three, he's an X receiver plays outside the numbers. He's, he had one of the highest yards per catch average in the country last year. Yep. Uh, absolutely. The upside with him is way bigger than the others. And I definitely got to put Mo Alexander in that uh, also coming in second because of his ability on special teams. Dan Campbell said special teams is the difference between all of these guys. And I can see Mo Alexander coming from the USFL uh, for what he showed us so far as a Detroit lion. Yeah. He's your last receiver, right? So in my scenario says we're keeping seven. And when JMO comes back, that's when either green or Mo Alexander is gone. Right. And then they can put them back through to the practice squad. So you're saying it's one, possibly two. I could see somebody using a waiver claim to try to pick up Alexander if they need really? from the USFL. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, well, I, I certainly don't see them taking, you know, Coda or Drummond off the waiver wire. Yeah. I couldn't see, see those guys. So may, that might end up being one of the ways they decide that. Because how can we keep both of these guys? Because I would think that they like the progress of the young players, right? And you'd want to keep those guys. If you could keep both of those guys and put them onto your practice squad and and keep that, I think that would be the best case scenario. Right. And, and that's another part of it. Who do you cut? Who do you think will clear waivers? Yeah. Right? So, it's a so, gamble that you're making because when they clear waivers, then you can bring them back and put them on the, on the practice squad. So – Right. So, and that even brings us to the next position right here, which I think is another intriguing position is uh, they, they list Stephen Gilmore cornerback, but let's just talk about this position as a whole, because there's a bunch of nice guys that are, are in this for one. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley was spotted at practice doing drills and, and, and whatnot. I don't know when he's going to be ready, but it's a good sign to see him on the side of the field, you know, doing stuff, getting, getting ready. Um, and then you got Starling Thomas, who, who has been playing out of his mind, Stephen Gilmore playing out of his mind. So the Lions could decide to only carry six cornerbacks, which would be Sutton, Jerry Jacobs, Chase Lucas, Will Harris, Brian Branch, and Starling Thomas. What what was the weakest part of the Detroit Lions last year is now one of the strongest parts of this team. Uh, this this secondary is a total testament to what Brad Holmes has done. Here's your starting lineup, Russ. Are you ready? You've got Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley at the corners. Your nickel corners, Brian Branch. You got C.J. Gardner Johnson and Kirby Joseph as the starting safeties. That's a that's a super solid back five, my friend, with right. Jack Campbell and Alex Anzalone. And then a four-man front, you are looking at a formidable defense, my friend. That's your starters. Right. Your depth is crazy. You got Jerry Jacobs, Will Harris, Tracy Walker, a former team captain uh, and, and well-respected safety coming out of off the bench now. You got Chase Lucas, seventh-round draft pick. And then you got those guys you mentioned, Stephen Gilmore, yep. Starling Thomas the fifth. I just don't see enough room on the team for him. That's all. Yeah, they're good players, right? They are good players. Who are they fighting for a spot with? Chase Lucas? Is that it? Again, he's the draft capital guy. This team is right. so deep, Russ. These right. guys are showing out in, 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 in practice and in camp, but they're not going to make this team. They've got to carry an exorbitant amount of players outside of just the 22 that start. So what positions are they going to go deeper on the roster at? We know DB is one of those. 
So it's yeah. very possible that Lucas Gilmore and Starling Thomas, all of those players make it. I think that Starling Thomas has played his way onto the roster. He's been one of the better cornerbacks uh, all the way through. And this isn't just rookie cornerbacks. He worked his way up and he's playing with the twos and the ones. Now he did struggle against the ones. Don't get me wrong. He's still a rookie. Like I'm not saying that he's the next biggest, best thing, but having him develop, I don't think a player of his caliber, especially after the way that he showed his returnability, that he would make it through. I think somebody would claim him off the waiver wire to, to come and play for their team. So um, the only guy that's in jeopardy in that group then would be uh, uh, Will Harris or Jerry Jacobs. Cause you're not getting rid of Walker, your safety depth. Oh, if he Melifonwu, ah, that's the one. I, I'm not even, he he's not even being met with, with him being even partially injured. I think that the injury is not serious right now, but all these other guys, man, when you're talking about if he, do you want to give up on your draft pick? Not, not necessarily, but you also don't want to just keep the guy because he was your draft pick. A third rounder. Yep. Uh, well, at the end of the third round, right there. And that could be one, the one of the, the, the marks, but yeah. when you look at Brad Holmes track record, if all you're looking at is, you know, iffy jamar jefferson and uh you know a a a questionable jameson williams and that's it that's all you've missed on in three years that's uh, that's amazing not not to we're gonna wave him with an injury probably if they if they wave him then and that's it that's it i mean it's about time at least brad holmes shows that he's at least a human being now Mm -hmm. oh my god he missed on a pick mike one of the picks isn't on our team impacting it on a big level. Right. <laughs> Darn. Wow. Well, that's amazing. The, right. Right. When the league <laughs> average is like 12% or something. Yeah. Ridiculous anyway. I mean, who hits on all of their picks? I mean, Brad yeah. Holmes has been about the closest, but right. yeah. So if I you love- Melifanu, then we're, we're kind of agreeing right there, right? If you Melifanu is the guy that's probably going to be gone and they could keep Gilmore and Thomas. And, you know, when we're looking through this, we don't really care what we think. We all want to know what you think in the comments. Who's going to be the cornerback? Who's going to be the one that makes it onto this Detroit Lions team as, you know, the back end of the roster? Are they going to keep six cornerbacks? I mean, could they keep seven? Let, right. I mean, what, what, what do you think? Let us know in the comments on that. There are many versions of this of this that you can go out and you can. Well, uh, Ross, now I want to talk about one of my favorite topics, hookers. Um, <laughs> specifically, Hendon Hooker, uh, quarterback for the Detroit Lions, who has cur- currently uh, not been cleared to play by his doctors. They're expecting that to come on September the 1st. Uh, as we're sitting here talking about the 53-man roster, um, it, it's, it should be noted that Hendon Hooker could start the year on the physically unable to perform list, and he would then not count against the roster, but he would have to miss at least four weeks before you could activate him. What do you think about that? I love it. I think it's that sounds like a plan. I I really don't think – I mean, I'll tell you what. If they put him on the roster and they don't put him on the PUP – and use that roster spot, you're telling you're sending a, a completely different message. But no, I think that you called it. I think that you went Jordan fades back. He shoots, he swishes right there. That's what they're going to do. They got two quarterbacks. You got, you know, you're going into the season with Bridgewater and 
uh, Jared Goff, and then you put him on the PUP list week five, you dump a guy that, you know, is on the bottom of the roster that could maybe slip through the practice squad and you bring up Hennon Hooker. Pot. Right. But yeah, I mean, when Hendon Hooker comes up, obviously one of those guys we're talking about is gone. You know, maybe a Stephen Gilmore or a Mo Alexander because that roster spot, you're going to have to make room for it. But, you know, this brings us to the new quarterback rule in the NFL, um, a, a rule pro, pro, uh, proposed by the Lions. And if you're one of our listeners out there and you're not really sure about it because there's a lot of mixed reports out there and there's a lot of mixed es- explanations about the rule. Um, so Russ and I looked it up for you. Okay. We did the Googling for you and we talked about it at great length and we dissected the entire thing. And we've just, we've decided that we've come up with, we've determined that we've come up with a very simplified version of an interpretation for this new third quarterback rule in the NFL. And it goes a little something like this. When you have a 53 man roster, you are only allowed to dress 48, which is called the active roster. So you then have uh, five guys on the that are inactive for whatever designation you want to assign to them. Um, so you can dress actually 49 for the game. And that third one, that, that 49th man has to be a quarterback. And um, he can be activated if your first two quarterbacks get knocked out of the game like the San Francisco 49ers did in the championship game last year. This rule was proposed by the Detroit Lions and passed by the league. So your 48-man active roster is really a 49th guy that's dressed that you could put in if a crazy once-in-a-lifetime situation happens again. That's it. Yep, and, and, and it's a really cool rule. But, uh, but like, uh, allow me to throw the, the, the other side of that is in order for you to exercise this rule, you would have to carry three quarterbacks onto your active roster and then make the decision. No, no, no. One of them would be an inactive player on the 53. They would count against your 53. They counted that. And that's the point right there. That's the point point I'm making. but But they're in that five inactive players. One of that spot right. has to go for him. Right. And now that now there, there's the advantage is you don't have to use an extra uh, one of your 48 guys to carry that guy. The only bad part is you do have to roster on the 53. You're going to have to have that quarterback on the roster, which means that you could be taking a spot away from a different position that could give you debt somewhere else. That's the only knock that I can think to to doing that is that you actually have to carry three quarterbacks and right. and that is somebody that is that is preparing like crazy just in case something that's that's like flood damage uh the, all of the extra stuff when you go to the insurance company you just took all of the add-ons you're gonna make sure okay i got you i got you i gotta have my third quarterback like are you sure you don't want to you know ha- have a a guy that's on the bench that could rush the passer or, you know, or maybe defend a, a tight end in the middle of the field when your guys go down. So and last year, the lions ran with just two quarterbacks because you, like you said, they didn't have the luxury. They didn't have the luxury to be able to carry an ex quarterback because the roster wasn't as beefy as it is now. And and I and I bring that up for the 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 part of the reason is we're talking about the bottom of this roster. We were talking about Julian Okwara, 
just being like the you know 10th or 11th defensive lineman that were worthy of a roster spot on this team and and I'm looking at it and I'm like hmm Nate Sudfield is a third quarter in an emergency situation or Julian Okora that may not be able to dress but I have this guy on my roster <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like that, that's what I started thinking about it because we do have a lot of depth I would like to think of a way that we can keep all those guys you know? I think we do. I, I don't think Covington makes the team. Dude, this team is too deep. We talked about it at the very beginning of pre at the uh, beginning of training camp. Where are the holes here? So let me throw this at you. Let me finish these two guys on uh, Pride of Detroit right here. A player who is having a quiet but good preseason is defensive tackle Benito Jones. With the defensive line chatter all focusing on ends, not as much being talked about the big men in between them. Isaiah Bugs and McNeil are the most likely starters, and third-round pick Broderick Martin seems to be making the roster as well. But there is a big battle right here going on for the number four defensive tackle spot, and Benito Jones is, is in that. Uh, Levi Onzerike is, is in that, and then you got Covington in there. So I, I think that you're absolutely right about Covington. I, I think Covington has no chance to make this roster at this point. I mean, it's pretty fierce. I think what really hurts this position and these guys battling in this position is here's where defensive tackles don't help on special teams. Okay. They, they, right. They're not, that's not something where I can outgrind the guy next to me. The fact is we're only, they're only going to keep four and one of you is going to be gone. Um, the question is, who's on the Lions that wouldn't clear waivers at defensive tackle, right? I mean, that's why I think that the Aquara brothers are going to be, are making it. Benito Jones could make it. I mean, these are names that have been with the team and uh, they're going to be known as commodities that are well coached. Right. And, and really when you look at, you know, Covington or Benito Jones or any one of those guys, one of them is going to get cut and they will, get those guys will get waiver wire claims somebody i mean there there's a whole bunch of teams that need defensive line help owns was a second round draft pick so i i mean for covington to beat him out he would have to be miles better not just a little better he'd have to right. be a lot better to, to overcome that draft position um the upside that it comes comes with yeah, and and to me, I I'm rooting for Levi Onzerike just because I mean, yeah. I I I love the fact that Brad Holmes just keeps on hitting on people. And the last person that we're going to talk about is the person that gave us a shout out on this show is your boy Jason Cabinda, mm-hmm. who is Mister Everything. And mm-hmm. and it seems like everybody that I talk to about Jason Cabinda, they they can just. Ah, uh, yeah, he doesn't do anything. The the fullback is one of those, you know, ancient positions that died with the dinosaurs. And 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 this guy keeps on making the team because they love him on special teams. And he doesn't, he is not afraid to go in the middle of the field and punch a linebacker in the mouth to, you know, spring a big run. So I love Jason Cabinda. Even at, at the back end is a do-it-all kind of guy he's but he's on the roster bubble what do you think about jason cabinda jason cabinda is really good at running into people and uh, <laughs> he sure is when he's a fullback he runs into the hole runs into people clears the way for the back when he's on special teams he runs down the field and runs into people and he's really good at it and he's versatile 
He's obviously, you've got to be smart to play in the NFL. These are complicated plays. And if you are able to play multiple positions, that means you're really smart. Because really dumb guys can't play multiple positions. That's just a fact. And Jason Kabinda plays H-back. He's a backup tight end. He's a special team specialist. He plays fullback. They love his attitude. He's a Dan Campbell kind of guy. Um, but earlier when we were talking about the backs and about Benny Snell pushing Craig Reynolds, I made a note because I learned what you're telling me, Russ. Stop going from one topic back to the other topic. So I just let it go and made a note. <laughs> I'm progressing, my friend. So uh, I made a note. Does Snell push out Cabinda? So we're talking about him looking like a pro, being a banger. He's that big body. He's a special team specialist. He's a great fullback. He can play H-back. Doesn't that sound familiar? Sounds like Jason Cabinda. He's got a bigger res resume than Cabinda. I think it's completely possible Snell could push him out and make this team as well. Um, Jason Cabinda is definitely not a given, though you know we would love to see it. Yeah, and, and Jason Cabinda came into the league as a linebacker. So it's like, he, he, th th this is a, 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 you want to talk about a do-it-all guy. That's Benny Snell. Point, Russ. In I, a freaking pinch and some crazy injury-riddled thing, they could move Cabinda to linebacker. What do we always say? Versatility makes you valuable. And on a lot of the depth charts that I've seen out there from uh, uh, other people, uh, a very popular thing is just to keep the three running backs. And, and, and it's just not a surprise, you know, Gibbs, Montgomery, Craig Reynolds, and then you keep Jason Cabinda as your fullback. You keep the three tight ends. And then like, right. I, 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 and I wouldn't, right. If I wouldn't even blink about tight it. End, Cabinda's there. If you need a fourth running back, Cabinda's there. Right. All He's the while the being a special teams uh, cog. So he, you know, he's a roster spot. You yep. gladly give up like the long snapper. He's your fourth tight end. He's your fourth running back. He's your special teams ace. I don't think Cabinda's going He's your anywhere. Sixth linebacker. He, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I, I like that. I, I like that call right there. You like that? I want to figure a way to keep Jason Cabinda on the team. We got Carolina. I got one more topic that I want to kind of throw in here. This is just kind of a little off to the side a little bit, but the we, we know that the Lions probably won't play any of their starters, and and there's and it may even dribble into most of the backups too because they want to see other guys. Well, Carolina has put it out there that they are going to play their starters. So whoever, whatever team that we decide to try out there is going to be going up against Carolina starters. Your thoughts on that? I know, and it's a team that trounced us bad last year. I mean, and it's odd to see the, uh, and I've seen it a few times this year, a team that you're going to face in the regular season, you square off in the preseason. That, that In the past, I don't remember that happening. They like specifically don't do that, right? Um, <clears throat> I think this is really odd. Uh, this team truck sticked us. And they truck sticked us not only badly, but they did it where we're good. They did it on the offensive line. They destroyed our offensive line. Then their offensive line manhandled our defensive line. They beat us in the trenches. It was over by halftime. Mm -hmm. The Detroit Lions actually tried to claw back in the game. They outgained Carolina Panthers in the second half in yardage, but they were such a big hole they couldn't overcome it. And it was a morally defeating game for the Detroit Lions. And, and some of the players have admitted that publicly, that that was a low point feeling right there on that plane ride home. 
from Carolina. So this is really interesting. And with Dan Campbell coming out saying we're not going to play a single one, that's got to be tough for the competitor in you, right? To to not the next time you see them want to uh, uh, get revenge. But fortunately, we will see them. I think it's week five on the schedule this this year. So this game never has a preseason game needed to mean nothing more than this. Yeah, and and it probably will mean nothing in the grand scheme of it, uh, uh, unless we go out there and our backups like mess up their <laughs> their starters. So they should run all over us. I I mean, I I don't know if it's a trial by fire thing or what what Dan Gamble's thinking in there, but be, but that's probably what he's thinking. It's like, I look, and when you come in, you ain't gonna come in against the backups, bro. You're gonna come in against these guys right here. These guys are the ones that are going to come in. They ain't going to be, oh, wow, you're a third string backup. Well, we might as well put our – they're not going to do that in a real game. So you might as well put them up against the real starters and and let them get their ass kicked. I think the joint practices is an incredible change to the game. Um, It changes the dynamic of the preseason. And I think the Lions have already seen everything they needed to see. And this Carolina game means nothing. Maybe what you and I are talking about, you know, this fringe guy, does he beat out the other that's guy? That's exactly what it means. I mean, that's the only meaning <laughs> it could possibly have for the Lions of this thing. We've got to know that Dan Campbell's seen everything he needs to see from his ones in joint practices and against each other. You know, that's why they went hard against each other the other day yesterday because right because okay let's see what it looks like then and now okay let's shut it down and get ready for the regular season and this carolina game means nothing Uh, and i agree with that and in the last bit that i really want to go over today is and this is just more of a gush fest right here but second round draft pick brian branch can we not say enough about this guy i looked at something today that said that they, he, he's impressed the defense so much that they are retooling the defensive alignments around making him a starter. Like they have to work him in somehow to make him a starter. And, and that's that blows my mind that he might be the best defensive player on this roster right now as a rookie. I mean, is that a good thing, bad thing? Am I crazy? Yeah, was it Jeremy Risden that broke that after observing practice? He's he's not only the best rookie on this team, he, he could be the best player on defense, period. That includes Aiden Hutchinson and Jack Campbell and C.J. Gardner-Gonson and all these guys. Pure, pound for pound, this guy's the real deal. And is anyone really surprised? I mean, really? He Nick Saban is a cornerback's guru. He's a secondary coach guru. He played at Alabama for Nick Saban. He ran the defense. He had an incredible amount of snaps, four years played. I mean, this guy is the real deal. He's He's a, been called a Swiss Army knife. DB plays nickel, plays corner, plays safety. He was touted as the best safety in the draft. Yep. And the only knock on him was his 40 time. And he, he, it, it was obvious, like, in the first week of camp that Football speed and track speed are two completely different things because when I saw him check and line up right next to Khalif Raymond's 4-3 speed and run pound for pound right down the field with him and then make the play on the ball, ran, but he did not gain anything on him. He ran foot, foot for foot with Khalif Raymond, one of the fastest guys on our team. Football speed, track speed, I don't even want to hear it. Four five forty. He don't run like that with pads on, and it's, that's exactly why they call the combine the underwear Olympics. And uh, and if you passed on Brian Branch, 
Green Bay Packers because of a 40 time. Ooh, I cannot wait. He's oh, going it's not, it's not trash talk night, Russ, but let's Ooh, I got that on let's... Facebook every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's the NFC North open mic night and it is trash talk night. All four fan bases from the NFC North are in and we are talking smack. So bring your thick skin 7 p.m. Eastern time broadcasting live into all the groups. Join the groups. Join the conversation. I love it, man. And what do we have every single morning? Hey, we got football talk with yours truly. Russell Wayne would love to see you every single morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time, 10 a.m. in the Central time. And we just talk football, man, all about the NFC North. Come and represent our Detroit Lions in here so we can keep these guys from talking all this trash in our comments. What has this been? <laughs> This has been the Main Event 365 Review Preview. No, it's the uh, the Main Event 365 Podcast Show. And I appreciate everybody out there watching or listening. Uh, for the maestro, Russell Wayne, I am Main Event Mike. Thanks for listening and watching. God bless each and every one of you. Peace out. What's going on, Russell Wayne and the Main Event 365 Network? This is Jason Cabenda from the Detroit Lions. Here to give y'all a shout out, man. We appreciate all the support, man. Know you guys are big fans. Know that you guys are rooting for us to take the North this year, and we're gonna do just that, man. Appreciate you guys so much. Just want to give y'all a shout out. Y'all have a great day. Follow the Villain Squad on Facebook right there. We're broadcasting live in there at least six days a week. There's content 365 days a year. We've been building this thing, and it's been a lot of fun. And we're just getting started. And the Detroit Lions are just getting started. And this is going to be a fun year.